Um, we're called to love on that child. That's what foster care is. Is get too attached. Get too attached. Mm -hmm. And I made the comment, that is not hard to do. It is not hard to do to get too attached. But that's the thing to do. It's what you're supposed to do. You know, we're supposed to love and and provide for these kids. And it hurts so bad because we do fall in love with them. But God uses that to grow us in our faith, strengthen our walk with Him you know, through it all. Welcome everyone to Bringing Kids Home, a TBHC foster care and adoption production. I'm Kristen, TBHC's Outreach and Communications Admin. We are excited you're joining us today to hear stories of adoption and how any one of us, including you, can make a difference in a child's life. Today's podcast is sponsored by Imagination Learning Center. They nurture children with a positive environment, focus on creativity, education, and self-confidence, and share our faith in God. Find out more at www.imaginationcenter.com. We are grateful to Imagination for supporting today's stories. Now stick around and hear how stories of faith and family help bring kids home. Did y'all hear that? I didn't know it did that. <laughs> it's never done that to me. Here we go. Three. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Curry, president of TBHC Foster Care and Adoption. I am so glad you're with us. My guest today is Michael and Kirby Poole. The Pools both grew up in, west of Gilmer, Texas, in the area of Harmony. This is home today. They have three great kids, Eli, Ethan, and Alyssa. Michael is a pastor and respiratory therapist, and Kirby is a teacher in Harmony ISD. Kirby's best friend growing up is Michael's sister, and Michael's football coach in high school is now his father-in-law. When reflecting on their story, they know God is in control, but are not afraid to ask the question, what were we thinking? Why are they willing to share their story today? Because they are seeing God at work even through tough times and realizing that they have an ability to share the love of God with kids in need. Michael Kirby, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you, Brother Jason. It's exciting to be able to share a story. And thank you for asking us to join you. Absolutely. Well, let me, um, let me kind of get into a little bit of background with y'all. Um, this is the way I phrase the question, but what was it like to ask your football coach if you could marry his daughter? <laughs> well, it was uh, something nerve-wracking thing, but we had a good relationship, so um, I, it wasn't wasn't difficult that difficult. Um, we when you asked him to <laughs> to date me, didn't he say, "Well, y'all didn't know it, but y'all been dating for yeah, a did. long time, anyway." <laughs> So it's, I, I jokingly say they, they begged me to ask her anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's really great. So you've been family a long time. Yes, we have. We've grown up uh, in the same church, same community. Our dads were both deacons at our church. And um, so we had uh, the same church family all of our lives and grew up with the same Sunday school teachers and and really never dreamed that we'd be here. <laughs> mm -hmm. I grew up going to his family Sunday lunch with his yeah. sister. 
That's a lot of fun. So, um, well, let's get into y'all's story. I mean, there's a lot to share, and I know that the proximity of family probably plays a big part of that, and uh, just their joy along with you. So, uh, would you mind telling us your bringing kids home story? Yes, that's uh, it's it's a quite a story. Um, three, we have our three biological children that you brought up in the introduction, um, Eli, Ethan, and Alyssa, and. They're all about three years apart. And I guess, how old was Alyssa when we started? Anyway, Kirby was talking about wanting to do foster care. And I thought that was crazy, honestly. I, I didn't see myself being able to love someone else's child like I love my child, like my biological children. And it took a while for me. I can remember going to see a movie. I can't remember the name of it. Instant Family or something like that. And there was just several things that that God, looking back, we know it was God placed in in our lives. So it would kind of bring me to the realization as what his calling was for us. And I think after I finally gave in to it, then Kirby kind of questioned it. Mm-hmm. And I'd say that being part of the BMA and hearing from um, well, most recently, your stories and, and Brother Eddie's um, stories from the home and <clears throat> um, wanting, you know, being involved with taking Christmas gifts to the home. And um, his parents, I guess, would in the past or had brought a kid home for Christmas um, from the home and, and just knowing all of that, um, all of our lives had kind of played into it also. But last spring when we were in quarantine, it came um, May and became and came foster care awareness month. And um, I had a friend post a video that had been made in our area. And both of us just, um, well, we were in tears after watching that video of, of children and, um, we were at our church one Sunday night preparing for online services the next morning. And some of our church kids had made paper plates and drawn faces of members and they were placing them around their church in, the, in their regular seats. And anyways, it came up and she um, had adopted from foster care and had a, a, other foster children. And she she said she knew that we were going to do it. And I, you know, even though we had thought of it for years, I never really thought that it would ever happen. And even that night, well, she went home and told her husband that we had talked about it. And he texted Michael and said, I hear you're expecting number four. (laughs) And anyways, it was kind of just jokingly, but, um, I just felt like we felt like God was telling us over and over again that we need to look to look further into it. And then a girl I had graduated with, she had adopted a couple from foster care and she was posting things with her agency or from her agency. And um, so I contacted them and we kind of just went from there. We we pushed it all summer to get licensed by the time that I went back to school and um, here we are. And it's, it's been really crazy to see how God worked in us becoming licensed and 
it all just falling into place and working out and getting appointments when we needed to. And um, but I think also in, in, in my perspective as the, I guess the dad or the man of the family, you know, trying to make sure that everything's good. Um, and finally came to realization that God blessed us to be able to do this finally, not finally. I mean, it was just in his timing. Um, while we were quarantined, while we were quarantined and, you know, we had, to slow down. Was, we had to slow down and God blessed us through, through all that. Um, and we worked through Kirby pushed through probably more so than I did, but it all kind of came together and we got licensed and, um, and then we were there. Um, and we had said that we wanted a, a younger child, a daughter, a girl, um, at that point we would have taken either one well maybe so yeah but yeah I guess so and our kids had to do a lot to be ready for it also with Eli's age and and then they had to go through medical appointments and testing and um, of course Eli had to have a background check and and our parents all did CPR Eli did CPR so that he could be a certified babysitter when he turned 16 and, um, you know, our whole, not just uh, the five of us even, but all of our family, they just jumped right on board and were so supportive. And, and I think, well, that has definitely made it easier, but I, I almost think you have to have that, you know, the, and Michael's mom was, um, a little skeptical about being able to love another kid like she loved ours, but there's no doubt that she does. You know, she she wants to babysit every day. Both of our moms fight over babysitting every day. <laughs> and I'll never forget the first time we got a call. Um, I was at work and Kirby was at work as well, I believe. I was about to leave. Yeah, you were about to leave. We got a call and I said, hey, we've got this. We've got this baby girl. Um, she was about eight months, nine months old. And um, that's when, you know, it all we talked about, it's set in, we're ready. But when they made that phone call and said, we have a girl, do y'all want her? That's when we both talked to each other, like, are we really doing this kind of deal, you know? And so Kirby lined it out. They were coming to meet us at five o'clock that evening or something like that yeah really we were ready for a newborn we had mm -hmm. like a little bassinet a baby bassinet and the newborn car seat and and they and she was a chunky little girl and she wasn't going to sleep in that bassinet and so <laughs> we ran to town real quick and grabbed some stuff to be ready for a nine-month-old and we actually, um, I had a church deal I had to take care of or a pastor thing I had to take care of and wasn't able to be here when they got here. Um, Kirby was here with the kids and uh, to greet our new baby, our new little girl. But when I got home and I walked around the corner in the house and I saw her. Sorry. <laughs> And the caseworker was holding her. And, caseworker was holding and she, the, uh, she had been a little leery of the boys, but she, she warmed right up to me, listen, I, but she wasn't sure about males. But when Michael walked up, she reached and went right for him. And it was all over then. And she had him wrapped. <laughs> That's when I fell in love with her. Um, 
And there was no doubt in my mind that God had put it together at that point. Um, anyway, then she was with us for. Well, that night they told us that that her parents' rights were going to be term, terminated in a month, and then she would be adoptable. So that was the plan. That was what we thought was the plan. That was a plan. I had actually taken off a week and a half when we first got her because I felt like this was going to be our baby. That was our daughter, and she was, um, and still is. <laughs> She's not with us anymore, but um, sorry. Anyway, uh, that was that was our daughter. And we just fell in love with her. Our family fell in love with her. And, you know, as Kirby had said, my mother even asked the question before, said, you know, can I love another child like ours, like our biological children? My mother and our whole family fell in love with her right off the bat. In fact, my family threw a baby shower for her. That's right. She went to a Harmony football game that Thursday night, and the cheerleaders really couldn't focus on the cheers because they were just – they couldn't wait to come see her and the whole community, our church and and our our church put a, a shower together real quick for her and everybody just um, supported and showed their love for us. And, you know, um, really having her was so very easy and loving her was so very easy. Uh, of course, she went to her first district meeting pretty quickly after <laughs> getting her. And she, uh, she was part of the family. She was, as Kirby said, the community fell in love with her. And we had people that, you know, we hadn't talked to a whole lot, really, but they were all involved in what was going on. They were part of it. And the community was part of it. And then um, we had gotten the phone call that possibly there was a, a family member that she would be placed with and um, we thought, surely this is not happening. And sure enough, the process went through and, and they called and said they were coming to get her and take her to be with the family. Of course, um, we made sure and made the best of the last little bit of time we had. And Kirby put some pictures together and a book together and all this. And she left. Um, and that's when... And several days, weeks later, the question that you started this off with, that we asked the question, what were we thinking? I, I mean, we know that the, the goal of foster care is reunification. And we know that that's a possibility. But I guess bringing her here that night and telling it, you know, her case was supposed to be adoption right away so we let we let ourselves go there and think that all along and then um that changed so quickly and we were pretty blindsided by that um at a court date and um well our hearts are broken it's the hardest thing that i've ever had to do well i'd say that both of us are so very blessed we've never experienced much loss or sickness or or pain and 
But looking back on it, you know, we look back, yeah, it hurt. And we did ask that question, what we were thinking. And, but God had it all figured out, you know, not long after that happened, after we lost our first foster daughter that we're talking about, um, my father-in-law had had a stroke, my mother had broke her leg and they were our babysitters. And uh, we, <laughs> we asked the question, what are we thinking? God, this hurts. Why don't we do this? But then we see that God sees the bigger picture and uh, he did and he worked it out. And um, you know, we still, Kirby has been fortunate enough to be able to in contact with, with the family member that she went to be with. We've gotten pictures. And when I first saw pictures of how she was doing well, she was, that eased my pain a little. <laughs> um, but I did tell the caseworker, I said, look, if there ever comes a time, I'm still her daddy. She can come home. Um, but anyway, it took us some time, but we worked through it. We still miss her. We still pray for her every night. Um, but we didn't know for sure if we really wanted to do that again because of the pain that we felt. But after things kind of settled down with our family issues, everybody had been sick and the issues they've been through, we knew that this was a calling from God that uh, we couldn't not back, do it. Could not do it. We couldn't back out of it. This is something that God's called us to. And we met with our caseworker our, uh, uh, that we had that came and visited with us. And we told her kind of what we were looking for. And, and at that point, we, we said we wanted like pretty much for sure adoption cases, legal risk only. Um, and that was probably January after losing her in November. Mm-hmm. And so we were still pretty uh, hurt, heartbroken. Yeah, heartbroken. <laughs> um, yeah. But we felt like, it, you know, we'd been called to do it. And so we had to get back in it. So we decided to just barely get back in it. And so then we went weeks and weeks and never got a call. And then so we started kind of re-examining what we had said and decided that, you know, we were being selfish in saying, you know, we didn't want this heartbreak again. And so um, we let our agency know then that, you know, we were just open to whatever, whatever came up, whatever case came up or whatever. And, you know, we can handle it, but there were babies that needed a home that needed some love and taken care of. And so a few weeks after that, actually, that's kind of a little discouraged because we didn't get a call for so long. And I, I prayed a lot and asked God to show me what, what he wanted, what he wanted for me, what I needed to do, or, and I guess he just wanted me to be patient. (laughs) So, um, we finally did, I got a call second period um, about six Fridays ago and, um, said that there was a baby girl at a hospital that was ready to come home and needed a place to go. And actually she was at Michael's hospital. So Michael got to see her before she ever got here. (laughs) Yeah. And again, what are we thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And 
she came home to our home that afternoon and this she's a two-day-old at this point um and then we were kind of ready for a nine-month-old and they got us a two-day-old so uh, yeah she was a two-day-old and um I don't know about you but there's a difference in being 25 years old and 41 years old and, and staying up all night which Kirby's done most of that but anyway back to God working it out it's just been an incredible story we got this um, six week old now and we've again fallen in love with her and um, we just put it all in God's hands Hi, I'm Laurie Henthorne, Donor Engagement Manager at TBHC Foster Care and Adoption. Did you know that there are over 6,000 children waiting for adoption in Texas today? And did you know that there are only about 1,000 willing foster adoptive homes licensed and available to them? These children are coming from hard places and are needing a place to heal. We at TBHC strive to provide homes where they'll feel safe and loved and where they can begin their healing process. What if you could play a part in changing these statistics? TBHC depends on people like you to help change the course of these children's lives. You could open your heart and home to them, or you could come alongside them and help provide for the parents' training or for specialized therapy for a child through your financial support. We invite you to visit our website, tbhc.org, to find out more about us, hear inspiring stories and ways to pray for TBHC families, and to find out how you can be a part of bringing kids home. Yeah. I mean, I, every single journey that we went on with our kids coming and going as foster parents, it was, it's hard. So I guess the question to y'all would be, why is it so hard? I mean, they're just, they're guests in your home is what everyone thinks maybe. And we all know that's not true. You know, when the Bible talks about opening your home to hospitality, to the stranger, I don't think anyone really thinks about foster care <laughs> and that's really what it is. It I mean, is. you're opening your home to strangers. And I always said, if it didn't hurt when they left, I probably wasn't doing my job very well. I think if it didn't hurt when they left, we weren't answering the call and we were called to. Um, we're called to love on that child. That's what foster care is, you know? And the theme for, I don't know if it's everywhere, but the theme for foster care awareness around here right now is get too attached, get too attached. Mm -hmm. And I made the comment um, on a post last week that that is not hard to do. It is not hard to do to get too attached, but, um, but that's the thing to do. It's what you're supposed to do. You know, we're supposed to love and, and provide for these kids well, just as our own. And it hurts yeah, so bad because we do fall in love with them. But God uses that to grow us in our faith and our strength and our walk with him, you know, through it all. Yeah, it really harkens back to uh, he first loved us. I mean, we were unlovable. Right. Yeah. So sometimes <laughs> that's exactly what we're dealing with. So uh, we've... You know, we've kind of come up to date and, you know, really looking at a future, um, a future of expectation. What are your expectations? And I'm obviously, I know you could answer this several different ways. Eventually, we're going to adopt. We may never adopt. Kind of help someone who might be thinking this is crazy. What, what are your expectations now? I have no idea. 
I was kind of thinking the same thing. <laughs> you know, so we've asked the question, like, what in the world are we thinking? We've got our three kids, and our three kids are involved in everything that they can be. Eli was playing three sports and um, had band. And anyways, they're involved in everything. And what in the world are we thinking throwing a baby in the picture? But then our only answer that we've come up with is that God called us to it. And so we have to do it. And um, really, though, what blessing we'd be missing out on if we um, if we hadn't. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we've talked a lot about the hard times, but every day was good coming home to her smile was well the best and it yeah. would make the the bad of the day go away and I mean because that's a baby <laughs> but um I don't even remember the question expectations <laughs> oh, our you know, expectations. What our expectations you know we would love to say expectations and we're going to adopt and we're gonna have this new daughter for the rest of our lives and um but we don't know what our expectations are. It's just, I expect and hope to, uh, through it all, to, to grow even more in my faith and expect that God's going to take care of it. That's my expectation. And we have to love and take care of her today. Yeah. And just live day by day like that. Yeah. Knowing that well, God will take care of it. That's a powerful expectation, you know, love them today. Yeah. How about your kids? One of the things that I do a lot is I do focus on the the parents because you're the storyteller, but your kids experienced something through all this too, right? Yes. So talk about them a little bit. That's, that's easy to talk about because <laughs> um, they've been all in from the beginning. In fact, when we first started about uh, talking about it, they were arguing over who was going to take care of the most. And, and even Eli, who's oldest and doesn't show much emotion about anything, or he was like, well, let's get three. We might as well sign up for three and we all have one to take care of. And, um, but, um, and then we were like, what, what are you thinking? <laughs> but, <laughs> but I remember when we first got our first foster daughter and I came in and Alyssa was elated she was thrilled to death and she was just like a little mama um, Alyssa's now 10 years old and um, she she was excited and and just through it all um, she's even now with her baby now she's holding and loving and uh, just being a little mama there um, and Ethan you know he sometimes a lot of times is running to grab her from Alyssa so that he can hold her a little while, you know. And Eli, he's <coughs> 15. And like I said, he doesn't show so much, but he's willing to help and do anything and everything. And um, he, you know, they were all affected when we lost the our first baby. And um Somebody asked him away from us. They were on their way to the 
game, a volleyball game. And he asked him, how are you doing or whatever? And Eli said that somebody told me not to get too attached, but um, Eli did too. Um, he, one of my favorite pictures um, is he never showed too much affection or anything. He would take care of her and everything, but in one of our last pictures on the last night we had her and he's, she was just sitting there, but he's got his hand around her foot and, you know, just shows that he, he was attached <laughs> and it's been tough on them also, but they're resilient. They. One of the neatest things that I see with my children, my biological children is that they accept them in just like another biological child. It's like we brought them home from the hospital. They accept them in and they loved them. That was another um, way for me to see that, you know what, God's called not just Kirby and I, he's called our family to do this. Yep. They deserve a family, every single kiddo. Wow. How was the church such a big part of the support and love and continue to be so uh, for y'all? Well, I remember with our first daughter, there's a guy in the church that um, he and his wife sit behind Kirby in church. And he had said something to the effect, if you ever lose her, if something happens, it's going to be a big problem. You know, what I need to do to fix this kind of deal. But the whole church um, loved on her. They were there for us. Um, when they found out that um, she had gone to be with family, they were calling, they were checking on us. They were hurt. It seemed like almost as bad as we were at times, because that's what a church is, you know, to be there for each other um, in the good and bad. Um, so during the good, man, they were there. In the bad, they were there. Um, and I believe had an, you know, I don't know if you can have an impression on a nine month old kid, but if they could, they did, you know, they, I just fell in love with her as much as we did. And I mean, they were with us through the whole process. Michael announced early on that, that we were starting the process of doing it. And, um, you know, there are a couple in our church who had fostered before. And like I said, one had adopted from foster care before and of course they were all for it and all in and everything but but everybody did and we know that they prayed for us the whole time through through everything um just a couple of weeks ago which she's been gone for several months now but there I saw it Sunday morning there's a little bunny rabbit sitting on the third pew across the aisle from where we sit and I didn't know why that little bunny rabbit was sitting there, but um, we were, when we had her, we were practicing um, for our Christmas program, and I, I was trying to kind of lead it a little bit, and she would be, be sitting with some of the other ladies while we were practicing, and um, I didn't even know it, but the lady a couple of weeks ago said, you know why that bunny rabbit is right there on that pew? And I said, no. She said, because that's the last toy that baby girl played with while she was here. And that, you know, um, just again showed how much the whole church was all in and they are with us. And, and now even our, we have a lady in our nursery course, you know, it's easy to hold a baby and love on a baby, but 
Um, and she's just there uh, ready to hold her and take care of her every Sunday or every chance she gets. Um, so, you know, you asked earlier about our faith and how it's held up and how, I mean, how our faith has helped us through this. Well, our church has helped us through this with their faith and our faith in them and our love for each other with them. And they love us and we can see it and they've shown it through our babies. And I say it about a lot of things, but I don't know how people would do it without a church family. They're there for us in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, can we talk a little bit about TBHC and y'all kind of give a little, I guess, tidbit about what kind of impact this organization has had on y'all's lives? I mean, you, you talked a little bit about it at the beginning, but uh, you've known about this place forever for you. Yeah. Well, I can remember a few stories. The one was the one that Kirby mentioned that, you know, back in the day you could go and, and pick up a child and bring them home and, and have Christmas with them and buy gifts for them. And then my mother did that. Of course, that was uh, before my knowledge. That's just stories we've heard her tell. Um, there was also a time that my grandfather, um, he grew watermelons and he took a load of watermelons to the, to the home there um, for those kids. And he just, he would tell stories about how the, the kids just, uh, I thought they had gotten the best thing ever through getting a watermelon. Um, I can remember going to the down there um, uh, when I was a child and seeing the, the the homes there. You know, they would have I don't know for sure how it is now, but I can remember it impressed upon me that so many bunk beds in one house. <laughs> um, but also seeing the people that care for these children, even as a child myself. I felt like this is this is hard to believe that a child doesn't have a parent. Um, we played kickball with them that day too, and we just had a good time with the kids. and And ever since then, um, we've just had opportunity after opportunity because our church has always um, been supportive of of TBHC, and um, we have a big drive every year to get Christmas gifts for the children and um, just to hear the stories of the children there. I know I've mentioned several stories and I've told the whole one probably, but um, I can remember another time that there was a, uh, they'd brought a child back when they could um, to the state meeting. And the child saying, um, you raised me up. Um, and to see that kid, I don't know what circumstances where that child came from, but to sing with all their heart and see them worship and praise God. That was an impression on me as well. So now that you've asked that question, all these things played into what we're doing. <laughs> and I didn't realize all those things, but just thinking about some of those things that uh, all those things came together. So uh, it's just really uh, an awesome ministry um, that TBHC has to reach these kids and not just reach these kids uh, physically, but also spiritually, and to hear of how kids are accepting Christ as a personal Savior. Um, that's pretty awesome ministry that God's got going on there. That's really special to hear. Thank you. One of the things that I, I love about what you're saying, and you basically did say it, this is y'all's ministry. You know, what, what you've been a part of all of these years, and the word support, you know, support, 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 really means this is mine, 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 you know, and this is, this is y'all's ministry. 
so what has happened is this ministry is rubbed off so hard on y'all that you, <laughs> you have now taken in kids into your home. And I, I want to say thank you for doing that. I remember when we got on the phone and we were talking about this one day, goodness, I, yeah, before all this get really started and my encouragement to you is it's hard, it's worth it, but it's hard. And I just appreciate both of y'all taking this challenge and running with it. Yeah, I can remember you sitting on our couch and here with us and us talking about me wanting to bring a student home, but I never, never thought then even that all of this had been planted and it would one day really happen. So you don't probably know how, much, how big of a role you played in this as well. God used you as well. But I tell you how many times, every time we go to a meeting, a state meeting, when I was still reluctant, Kirby would say, well, let's go over to, to see Jason. Let's go talk to Jason. I'm like, I'm not ready to talk to Jason. <laughs> she was wanting to come talk to you about getting a kid. They're getting into foster care, you know. Um, so, you, so you're saying you've been avoiding me <laughs> since you start? I started? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, no, not at all. You know, I appreciate the fact that God has used you um, to, whether you realize it or not, play a big role in us answering the call to go into foster care. Well, there, there's a lot of legacy behind y'all answering the call. And I, I don't have a very big role, but um, I appreciate that. I'm so grateful God moved y'all to do this. Well, what would you like for people to know about foster care and adoption? If there was just kind of the one thing left, what would you like people to remember absolutely about foster care or adoption? Well, uh, we've, we've said it time and time again, but there's so many children that need somebody to love them. And there's so many out there that are able to love. Um, even though we questioned our calling at times, when God calls, you answer. It's so much easier that way. And what I would want people to know is when they ask those questions, like, well, or they say, I can never do that. Yes, you can. You can because God gives you the ability to do it. You know, we keep saying God this, God that, but that's what it is. You know, God gives the ability to do it because without God, there's no possible way that we could have done this. God's blessed us with the ability to do it, the ability to have a place for a child to stay. Um, you can do it. And that's what I would tell someone. And I would say that about any calling. Well, yeah. Not just yeah. foster care and adoption, but any calling that God's placed on your heart that sometimes it, it might take months or years to to even know the calling really but then to answer it but that um how blessed you'll be when you do that's so great thank you guys so much for doing this with me today and thank you uh, jason and again for all that you do at the home and um, thank you for your leadership and thank you for asking us to do this we love to share this story um even though i don't like to cry in front of people <laughs> but i do it often but uh, thank you for asking us to do this we really appreciate it thank you for joining us if you would like to get in touch with today's guest or any of our previous guests you can contact us through our email podcast at tbhc.org that's podcast at tbhc.org. 
Leave us a comment, recommend a guest to our show, and give us a five-star review wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe. For more information, check out our website, tbhc.org, and discover how you can participate in bringing kids home.